I'm Cody Crabb. I'm Johnny Flores. And we are the hosts of the Podcast Producers Survival Handbook. The Podcast Producers Survival Handbook is here to help podcast producers, editors, and audio engineers succeed while freelancing. Hello, Johnny. Once again, we are here. Yep. We're back. Back in the trenches. Yeah. I've had a lot of really cool kind of rumblings of stuff coming up here. So it's been a good week. Yeah. I I know we talked about networking in episode four, Uh but I thought we could both, we were chatting before we started recording. We both have some real quick, great examples on why networking is so important. Yeah. If you want to share yours first. Oh, sure. Yeah. So when we were at Podcast Movement, I was just kind of talking to anybody that would listen. I was like talking to him about podcasting and when working with them and stuff. And I was talking to this one person, just I sat down next to him at something and some lady just overheard me saying that I edit podcasts. And she was like, oh, do you have a card? And she and I was like, yeah. So I handed her my card and, and I didn't hear from her again until like a couple weeks ago. And she was like, I want to set up a meeting. So it's it's been until like yesterday. <laughs> yeah, we're it's, recording this in May and we went to podcast movement in the middle of March. Yeah, so the, so 2 months later and this lady is telling me she owns a business like a decently sized one. She's trying to launch a podcast. Well, she's already launched a podcast, but she wants to kind of rebrand it and rejuvenate it and stuff. But I was like, "Man, and she's not even going to do it until like August." So like what you're doing now really does like plant the seeds down the line cuz I'm not even going to see any money from that until like the end of the year. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So anyway, so what was yours? Uh, so I, last week I went to a networking event for young business professionals, which I am neither. I was going to say, young and, and you went to that? Did they kick you out? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I was there as the, as the senior, they needed one sure, person yeah. for Diversity, demographics. Yeah. <laughs> I was born in the seventies, but uh, after I, I got there kind of late, I wasn't going to go. I, I had a bunch of client work that morning and then it was all by the time I was I finished up and I was ready to go it was I was already going to be by the time I got there about a half hour late so I was like ah, I don't even know if I'm going to go and then I said no we just talked about <laughs> networking Hypocrite. why it's so important yeah and so I was like I got to go so yeah I, I went and through some conversation people were familiar with some of my work and a young woman sitting next to me who runs the marketing for um they highlight things in in the city mm-hmm. said, Oh, I know you do the Visit Sacramento podcast. I had we've been thinking about doing one. We're like ready to go. Can we meet? And I was like, sure, yeah, let's talk. And Dang. I mean, so that's why networking and going to things where you're not I mean, it worked out for you, Cody. Like it's great. Yeah. But well, man, it's mine, also important. mine was like just right place, right time. I just happened yeah. to get noticed at the right time. But yours was like if you hadn't gone there, you would not have Yeah. I'm very big on the cliche of luck favors the prepared. So uh, it, just some quick examples of why it's important to go to networking events. You know, you never know what opportunities are going to pay off. Well, and you're not going to get opportunities at all if you don't give yourself a chance to. Yeah, so. you've got to put yourself out there. Also, we have uh, a couple reviews already on That's Apple Podcasts. So, nice. so I yeah, I know. Very, let, me, let me check these out. Let me see. It's really nice that people did this. We really appreciate it. Podcasts live and die by reviews and ratings. So we really appreciate anybody that takes the time to do this. The first one was from someone I believe that we met, we both met and hung out with at the Podcast Movement Evolutions in Las Vegas back in March. And they wrote, thank you guys for taking the time 
to make this and share your knowledge experience. Looking forward to more episodes and learning. Freelancing comes with a lot of guesswork. What do I make my rate? How many clients do I need? How do I get rid of clients I've outgrown, which we will definitely cover at some point in the future. Yeah, maybe you can teach me how to do that. (laughs) (laughs) And it's about time someone answered them for our industry. That's so nice. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Thank thank you, you, whoever left that. Thank you, Not Quinn, for writing that. We really appreciate Hmm. it. And then more recently from Buke Moyer, we've got Johnny and Cody are insightful, informative, and entertaining. As a podcaster slash pod producer, I've really enjoyed listening to them talk about the business of podcasting. So, yeah, thank you to both of you for for doing that. We really appreciate it. And And uh, two more that just didn't leave any words. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We've got some other Whoever you are. Yeah, thanks. It's probably my mom. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. My mom doesn't doesn't listen to podcasts. Yeah, that's so funny. (laughs) How many... My girlfriend doesn't even listen to anything I do. I'm like, that's I know fine. If, I, if that's the I easiest way for me to make sure my wife won't listen to stuff is just tell her that I did it. <laughs> that you did. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I'm like trying to get her to avoid something, I'm just like, oh yeah, I actually worked on that. She's like, cool. I will put it down now and I will never touch it yeah. again. And you know what? I'm not worried about saying that because she's Cause never she- going to hear me say this. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So we've been kind of diving in at the early stages. So we've been kind of following someone as if we were mentoring them. Let's call him little Steve. No, I, anyway, we, we've been following this theoretical, hypothetical new person in the field. They're trying to get clients. They're trying to figure out what to charge. And so we've kind of been going, what should we talk about first? And one of the biggest things that you kind of have to decide early on, and it doesn't have to be permanent, but it will stick with you for a bit is kind of your personal brand, who you are as an editor or a producer. I mean, that's even just that, what you call yourself, um, yeah. what you put yourself out in the world as. It it can make a big difference on what clients you get, how much you charge, how much you can afford to lose, like work, working for small amounts or whatever. Like it, it, a lot depends on this. So when you hear the words like personal brand, like what comes to mind for you? A couple of things. It's, I mean, not just like imaging and, and logos and stuff like that, but it's also how like your reputation, how you come across as like professional or, and, or fun. There's so many components to it. It's also figuring out like who you serve, like what kind of customer do you work with? Yeah, for sure. Not necessarily in total, but like maybe that makes up the bulk of your clients. And then you have some sort of other clients that are peripheral to that. Yeah, totally. The way I always see it is like, it's if you were seeing yourself for the first time, kind of your first impression, like the, the first impression that you give is kind of what I, what, how I explain this. So I'll just give kind of mine as, as my example. So yeah, please. I decided kind of early on that I really hate being professional. I mean, there's a reason that I don't work a nine to five I don't like working the hours that everyone works. I want to work on my schedule. I want to take breaks. You know, it's, I just, I don't really fit super well in a professional environment. So I've realized at some point people that expect me to be professional, I'm not going to vibe with them very well because that's not my thing. Like I don't really, I'm not really like that. So at some point I kind of decided I'm just going to be weird. Like I'm just going to, my website has a, you can go look at codycrab.com. You'll look at the very first picture on my website. It's this just ridiculous picture of me. I did a photo shoot and I'm like, let's make this just bizarre. I was telling the photographer, like, just be weird with it. And so I'm like jumping in the air and I have mics extended like that. Um, 
Anyway, the whole point is I kind of am giving an impression. I'm like wearing loud shirts and stuff. I wanted to give the impression that I'm kind of, I'm goofy. I don't mind being silly and stuff, but I know what I'm talking about. And I think I could probably do a little better. Another example of this is a podcast movement. I famously wear really ridiculous loud button up shirts. Like they look like they could be on like teenage magicians. Like <laughs> they're very, very like colorful and crazy. And, but that's the point I'm trying they're to, fun, but not obnoxious, right? It's a tightrope walk. Believe me, why buying it these, is, yeah. it, it was, it was tricky, but that's kind of my, the way I do this is I kind of, I want to put out there that I'm personable and fun and I'm not going to be boring in our slacks and I'll give, I'll send gifts and be yeah. jokes and stuff, but I'm not going to be like a noob that doesn't know what they're talking about. So yeah. I'm very intentional with how little professionalism I show. Um, <laughs> And what about you? What would you say your brand would be? Similar. Although I don't have my girlfriend jokes that the only three colors I wear, which you can see today, are black, gray, and blue. You know what? I think I have not met you in many times in person, but I think almost every time that has been absolutely true. <laughs> I'm a creature of habit. And sure. Like, yeah. Black shirts are easy. It's good enough for cartoons, you know? Why yeah. Not? But I also try to convey a similar vibe of like, Fun, but professional. Yeah, you've got the uh, dog on the logo. Yeah, and... I've got the dog on my logo. I have them on my website. If you go to my website, floristpodcastproductions.com. Qu- quick side, you could tell we're younger because <laughs> we, or at least we get media stuff because we don't say www. Oh, but that drives me crazy. I have a lot of clients, guests who do that. But uh, yeah, Florist <laughs> Podcast Productions. And I love dogs. I incorporate all of our pets, both living and now deceased, on our website. On my website, I have them listed as employees, and I oh, see that's them, great. I have titles for them, like our dog who passed uh, was VP of napping, and I have a little short bio on there on how she was skilled in theoretical nap practices. And see, and it charms people, I think. But the other thing too is not everybody has to be like that. I do look at a lot of websites for like if I am outsourcing something or if I'm you know, and, and I see kind of these profiles, and there's lots of them that look really good, like that that they're all completely different that offer something different. Some of them are kind of behind the veil of like a podcast production company. They'll say like something podcasts, but then some people are like me where I'm like front and center. My website is my name. Like I, I am very much the face of my brand. How do you tell what situations would be better for having using like your name versus like a company name, like an agency kind of giving a veneer of maybe, this is bigger than sure. it is or something like that. Like, what would you say is the good dividing line? Well, purely from a logistical standpoint, most of the time, if your name is in the title, you don't have to do a fictitious name filing. Yeah, people will kind of get the idea. Yeah. So, well, I mean, legally. you. Well, yeah, you, that's true. Yeah. So if you were, you know, uh, awesome podcast productions, you'll have to do a fictitious filing, which complicates things. It makes it a little harder it takes a little more time. Whereas if you have your name, your last name in the business somewhere, you don't have to do that. So, I don't know if I knew that. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah okay, if you, that's if cool. your name's in the title, you typically don't have to do a fictitious name filing. I know I'm not saying that right, but it's like fictitious something or other. How? Well, and I'm, I mostly am talking about like how you present it. You know what I mean? Like presenting the business side or like yourself, like what, like oh, what situations would be better for each one? I, I, I really 
tie the two in together hmm. because much like yourself, it's just me. I don't have employees or anything. Well, of course. Yeah. So I really tie in that you're getting my professional experience, my abilities with me making the production fun. I want sure, it to be yeah. fun for you. It'll and it'll be enjoy enjoyable to work with me on this production. Yeah. While also it'll sound good, it'll be run well, and it'll meet your mission statement, your mm. goals, and like you'll get an ROI on working with me. Gotcha. So, yeah. What about to, you? To me, I I feel like I see this a lot. Someone will send me like their website, and there's no hint of a name or anything. Like it's just kind of behind the wall of like a because you don't technically legally have to like file. You know what I mean? If you're if you're just kind of working with clients, you can get whatever website you want, and then kind yeah. of do in a legal sense charge them like money as your name. Like it, you can do whatever you want in that sense. You could just do it under yourself. You could, you yeah. But but that's kind of what I mean is that like. People kind of, I think some people feel like, oh, uh, people will take me more seriously if I have kind of this business name that isn't, that doesn't really present me as a person. But, yeah. Um, I, I find with the clients I work with now, presenting myself as while fun, but also professional. So having a website, having a logo, being able to speak to like how I'm going to help and what I'm bringing in they instantly feel confident working yeah. with me as opposed to where like, Hey, I'm just, I'm, I present myself as a business, not as a freelancer. And I think that's yeah. a branding distinction you need to make not right away, but within the first year to three years of, of freelancing, you need to really get out of the mind of I'm a freelancer to I'm a business owner. Yeah. Well, and see, I kind of have a, there's different ways you can frame this. And I think the way that you frame it is kind of important. So you can frame yourself as like a, hey, I'm a podcast editor for hire, hire me for your podcast. But yeah. I mean, I, I kind of brand myself as like, I'm your go-to like podcast guy. So like, I'm your assistant where I'll consult on the content. I'll show you kind yeah. of what ways to make it better. I'm not just going to make stuff and spit it out. So you can kind of do that too, kind of depending on what you're wanting to do with your business is just kind yeah. of steer the perception in different ways. And I think some of the ways you can do that is by kind of creating a profile online. I mean, most people are going to find you online. Like there's going to be some version of them finding you online, whether even if they have your business card, they're probably going to look up your website. Yeah, even so. if it's word of mouth, they're going to try <laughs> yeah. and find out something about right. you. Right. Yeah. So I would say kind of just your general online presence, whether that's your website or your social media, whatever. So let's kind of talk about that. What are some kind of guidelines or, or tips that you've, you have for establishing an online presence? And then after that, maybe we can go into a little bit about portfolios and what they should look yeah. like. I think having a LinkedIn account helps. I'm not a fan of LinkedIn, but it, it no, is. No, but I mean, I can't do it. I'm like, I've, I keep getting, trying to get myself <laughs> to do it. And I'm just like, ah. It is the place where people go to make business happen and professional mm -hmm. interactions and stuff like that. So it, it is helpful to have it because then they can go on there and look and see what projects you've worked on. Who do they know that they've worked with? Yeah, it's, it past. is really useful for that kind of stuff, for sure. Uh, it it vets like you. That. It's, it it's sort of a vetting process to be like, oh, this person's legit. Yeah. Um, well, and you and can then, do stuff too, like get, like get recommendations from clients yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it is Which really – Yeah. Yeah, and I think that if you if you do have a LinkedIn, I would say that's kind of – as soon as you get a client, have been working with them for a while, and they seem like they're pretty happy, yeah. I would I would 
dive right in and ask, start asking for recommendations. Yeah. That's, that's a really great way to kind of look more legitimate. It, in conjunction with that, I would ask your clients to work, to do Google reviews of your, um, of your work to, cause mm-hmm. it helps make you more searchable. Don't you have to have like a map presence to do that? Yeah, I think you do. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't want to throw my address up there. Well, the other thing too, is I kind of, I'm kind of, this is again, this is kind of difference in branding kind of thing. I have kind of positioned myself more as like a, I so hate that I'm about to say this word about myself, but I've kind of been trying to put myself out there as like more of an influencer. Like I have like a YouTube channel about editing and I've got kind of, I'm I'm trying to kind of make it like I'm a person about that does stuff about podcasting. You're an industry expert, but do you know what I mean? Like instead of it being like a company, I'm like a guy. And so, so it's, it's tricky to, to, it's just kind of a choice that I made at one point, but yeah. Yeah. Anywhere you can get reviews, honestly, like Facebook, I think has a place to do reviews, stuff like that. So yeah, I'd say that's accurate. Um, getting, getting reviews. Yeah. Reviews are helpful because you can also, when you, which gets the next point, you should have a website, even if a simple landing page is fine. It makes you more searchable. Get, you get your bonafides from that. You can be like, Oh, this is a real person. Get the HTTPS link that helps. It shows that your website is secure. Yeah, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good when they say someone might be trying to steal your information when they go to your website for the Google will also push your website down and not make it as searchable if you don't have that. So it costs a little more extra money, but get it. Well, and really, this does not have to be a complicated thing. Honestly, you don't don't get the, if you you can't afford it, don't get the dot com. Like just go for the, go for a similar one. I want to say like, it used to be a thing where if you don't have the dot com, you look unprofessional. I don't really think that's a thing anymore. Like there's so many of them now. There's yeah. .net, dot org. They have I mean, dots dot studio is one now. <laughs> dot audio. Yeah. Like be creative. Yeah. You can get some cool looking. Yeah. I have crab dot media. That one's the one I'm proud of. Which um, is great because that's that is more online with your brand than mine. Like you do much more. You know, you can do video production. You do audio production. You do a little bit more yeah. than I do in that regard. So. You being media makes more sense than me being media. Well, and the other thing too is I, I actually thought of that. I did that name when I was going to do music or, or like I was kind of doing music composition and stuff too. So it just kind of was all encompassing anything that I produce. So, but th- yeah. again, that's, that was a decision a I made because that makes you kind of yeah. go media is like lots of stuff instead of just one thing. And you have podcast production is like very specific and to the point. And it's, I yeah. know exactly what you do just by hearing your business's name. Which so. I changed my brand name because originally I was Flores Podcast Consulting oh. and I'd get contacted and then people would say, but do you also do production? And I was like, yes, I do more production than I do the consulting. So and, I- and Not to mention what you really want to do is the, like the consistent work of the production probably. Yeah. So, so it was like, just, it, t- yeah. it was an extra step for me to explain, yes, I can do all the, technical side of it too, not just the creative side. That's a perfect example because I don't think you're ever going to know day one, like what you, what this should be. The the point you got to make a decision, but like make one and just stick with it. And then you're going to find out, Oh wait, no, but everyone always thinks that I did it. And then you can kind of change it as you go. And yeah, for example, me, I was always afraid of looking unprofessional. I was like, I don't want to push people away. But now I'm like, you know what? The people that would be like, oh, I'm not working with him. He looks unprofessional. 
Like, no, get out of here. I don't want to. Yeah, probably wouldn't be fun to work with. Right. So, so I think it just depends on, and this brings us perfectly to the, the next part we were going to talk about, which is kind of who is your clientele? Who do you want to be your client? And I think it's important to distinguish not everybody. You don't want everybody as your client because just like with a podcast, you should know who your audience is before you start your podcast. Just like with, it's not as important when you start off you know, doing podcast production, either as a producer, audio engineer, yeah. or whatever, but you should start to hone in on who the clients that you make the most connection with and seem the happiest working with you and you build the strongest relationships yeah. with, start trying to copy that into other clients. So I, I was, I would, I'm curious, have you, have you ever heard of the concept of an avatar like in business? Uh, no, I don't think I have. So it's not the big blue aliens and it's also not the kid that controls the elements. It is a, (laughs) basically a, it's a way to kind of identify who your ideal person is. You make a fake identity. So like, let's say our ideal listener for this podcast is little Jim, right? I, I decided just, it just came out of nowhere. Little Jim is a, he's just out of college. He's, you know, he maybe he's like studying kind of audio production. He works at a crappy customer service job he doesn't really like, but he's kind of starting to get into podcast production on the side and yeah. maybe wants to make it, you know, his, his full-time gig anyway. But you kind of develop this scenario, like this, this person, this fake identity. And what you do is you start to evolve it and go, okay, where does this guy hang out? Probably Reddit. He's, he's in on, he's like just out of college. He's probably well-connected. He's probably on Instagram. He's probably, there's like lots of little things you can do to kind of identify it. For example, my clients, a lot of my clients are life coaches. Don't know how that happened. It just happened. I got lots of life coach clients and I have discovered that the same sorts of things to find them and to work with them, it's universal. It works. So I've kind of made it, a th- I've kind of used that whenever I have a life coach reach out to me, I'm like, I know exactly what to say because I know all of your pain points and stuff yeah, like that. So yeah. it's important. I don't quite have like a, this is my ideal. Like I don't have a narrow clientele we've talked about this before. I generally work with like a person with a business as opposed to a business in general. Yeah. That, yeah. So avatars develop an avatar. I think that that's really, really helpful. How can knowing your clients change how you work, what you charge, what you pitch in day to day? That's, that's my question to you. Great question. Yeah. I, so in fact, I just had a bigger breakthrough with that because I go to a lot of – if anybody has anything, free classes or anything about business or mentorship, business mentorship, I attend them just because I'm like, I want my business to succeed. And I went through a couple days of stuff like that. They, they didn't call it an avatar now that I've heard you say it. They had this little diagram that you did to figure out your audience and or your clients. And like I tend to work with businesses that have about five to maybe 70 employees. Somewhere in there. It's small enough to where they need help. They can't manage stuff like this in-house, but they're also big enough that they have a marketing budget to pay me because they they see the benefits of having marketing for their company. So and I just real I just I'm not kidding. This was like four months ago. I had this breakthrough doing this worksheet on that. I was like, that's my clients. Those are my clients. So I knowing who you would like to work with. And and sort of what they need, where they need help, and how they need right. help 
is really going to make it much easier for you when you get the opportunity at a networking event to talk to someone. They're like, oh, we've been thinking about a podcast. And you start to talk to them and you really delve into like, why do you want one? How's it going to help the business? Who's it going to serve? You're going to have a much easier time. Like you were saying, you can just duplicate with your. Yeah, you already know the answer because you've already done it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'll have your outliers who are maybe not on par with like who you normally work with. But it's going to be a much more successful time making that connection connection and making the proposal that really sinks in with them. Like, okay, cool, mm-hmm. cool. We're going to hire this person to work with us. Well, and as I always tell podcasters, you want your audience to be as small as possible, which is, it sounds backwards from what you're used to, but you don't want to just appeal to everybody. You, you want shouldn't. to, you want to have a very specific idea in mind of who you're reaching out to. Yeah. And odds are people will find you more because there are so many people on this planet that if 0.0001% of the population is your slice of who you're aiming at, that is a massive amount of people. Yeah, yeah. And so it's it, if you don't appeal to everybody, those people will be much more likely to... I mean, you can't work with everybody anyway. Before we started recording, I, I met someone from Visit California, and they have a podcast. And I knew right away I, I couldn't... I couldn't manage their production. It's too spread out. It would take too much work. Their episodes are much longer than hmm. the typical episodes I do with my clients. My clients all have 30 minutes or under. So I wasn't even going to try and chase them as a client. It was outside of my scope of work or even my ability to help them. So I, I'm not going to set myself up to be to right. feel like a failure because I'm like, nah, it's not even worth my time. It's not worth their time. It's better for everybody. You're not going to try to take on something that you're not prepared for. It's just, it's better. So yeah, having an idea of what you want to do before you actually get there, (laughs) like answering your own questions before someone says, Hey, I'll give you money to do a thing. And you just go, yes, uh, whatever it is. I don't know. Um, (laughs) And it's okay if you're there. It's okay if you're at that point. Trust me. I've been there. I I am much closer to that than I would like to admit. Um, (laughs) But I, what I mostly mean is like, if somebody, if so, if you can technically do something, but it's not really what you want to do, you'll know that. And yeah. if a client says, do you want to help me with live sound? You can go, eh, I don't really want to do that. And you can just know that in your head before. So that's, I would say maybe write out, like Johnny said, do a little exercise where you're kind of talking about like, who would I like to work with? If you don't have that narrow of one yet, like life coaches or businesses, like think of something more generic. Think of people that, you know, are sharing their personal story or they are YouTubers or is something you know a lot about maybe even there's a decent market for any type of anyone. So find your ideal person, especially if you have expertise in an area. Let's say you know a lot about horses. I don't know. You had horses growing up. So like, think of what you have expertise in. Let's say it's horses. You go, okay, I'm going to do horse podcasts. If literally you could get every horse podcast in the world to work with you because you're just, you know what I mean? So like I, I, I've seen several podcasts looking for producers that related to marketing or uh, money management. Oh yeah. With a specific knowledge of crypt, crypto. And, and you I know was what's like, funny. Look, I've seen that exact specific thing and I wonder what the heck that's about. Well, I, I mean, several, several production teams have posted jobs about this over the past few months and it paid really well. The jobs pay really well, like starting off at like $79,000 a year or whatever. But looking at it, I was like, 
that I would be terrible at that. I'm not even going to bother. I, I have no interest in right. any of that. <laughs> it's not my world. I don't care. So, you know, it's like that. Like you're going to come across right. clients where you'll just know right away, like this isn't going to be a great fit. I, I don't know how I could really help your production, but, you know, maybe at least point you in the right direction. I think that's one of the reasons that kind of getting in a community like this can be really helpful because you might know somebody who is like, Oh, perfect. Yeah. I know somebody that talks to that edits podcasts for crackpot weirdos and you're perfect for them. <laughs> so let's, let's send you over there. One thing we forgot to touch on. I, and you had kind of briefly mentioned it is a portfolio. Like, Oh, how yeah. do you, this episode's going a little long, so we apologize for that, but like portfolios are really important. Like how do you, uh, uh, make a, how do you differentiate the portfolios on, on who you're sending it to, or do you even bother doing that? Yeah. So I, I don't even have like a folder full of stuff I've done really. Like I, I, I don't send samples. A lot of people try to like send you samples of what they've done. Uh, don't do that. I don't feel like people open that and they don't want to see it. If it, that's at least my experience, the clients that I work with want to see more like, what is the podcast that you've worked on look like? Like, what is, what does that look like online? What is that? So, and they can, it's all, on, it's all public. Like people are posting public episodes. So just yeah. send them, send links to podcasts that you are currently working on. Even individual episodes, I think is okay. As long as it's just like a, a, a link to an episode instead of just like the file. Um, same with anything. Like I think people, if, if, if you have like a landing page and you're like, I'm Cody Crab, I'm an editor here's five videos that I edited and here's four podcasts that I edited and here's my contact information. I think that's pretty much as, as deep as it needs to be. A lot of people just think that you want, I mean, and this is just kind of what I've seen talking to people that are asking me about this. They think that they need to have like an example of every little thing in their portfolio. And I think really you need to demonstrate that you've got some level of skills, but I don't think I think that if you're advertising yourself to this degree, I think most people just assume that you can do what you're saying. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, that, and that's where LinkedIn kind of can, can come. That's in, true. Yeah. Is, Cause they could see the history. Yeah. I was like, you know, if you want to check out my LinkedIn, you could see clients that I've worked with. Uh, I also, because of my Google reviews, I have those embedded on my website so that people mm. can see, Oh, okay. He's worked with these three clients. Great. You know, it shows a little diverse, section of yeah uh, curated selection of the diverse group of clients that I've worked with. I honestly never get asked the only for, for audio samples of portfolio. The only time I really, that ever really happens, which I don't even do much anymore is when I get contacted by a bigger production company who wants me to do uh, tape syncs for them. Mm. So like I've worked with PRX several times. And they're the only ones who ever really ask for a portfolio example. They also ask for like equipment list so they can see like, okay, at least he's got actual yeah. real equipment. Well, um, and, and most people that you work with aren't, they don't care about stuff like software. They don't care about stuff like equipment. They just want to make or, sure that you can get the work done. Right. And exactly. Yeah. So it's good. I, I have a portfolio link. It's hidden uh, unless someone specifically requests yeah. it you can't access it from my website. I have to send it to them. Um, but otherwise, I mean, it, it's, it's good to have it in your back. It's better to have it, not need it than the other way around. But yeah. 
I don't know if they're exactly super important. I think I would people... say I would say portfolios are just it's just different. Like if you're a graphic designer, people need to see like what's your style like. But editing, a lot of it is more about what you remove than what you what you leave in. Yeah. So I think it's hard to it's hard to show that unless you're like unless you're creating it from scratch, which you can do. I mean, sometimes that is helpful. Like a good example is I've, I've seen uh, like a case study. So I saw uh, another podcast editor that had like a, Oh, this is my client. They came to me saying, mm. I want to start a podcast. We started at this point and then I did all this for them. And then now they're doing this and this is because of their podcast. So I think that kind of thing can be helpful, but I don't think like m- testimonials and that kind of stuff is like, I think that's really helpful. But I don't think that like listening to an audio file is really going to show it's much not. of anything. So yeah, unless they, they unless they're really curious. I mean, like I'll do, I, I'll, if someone's like really, really new to podcasting, Johnny's probably not, that's not their ideal. That's not your ideal person to work with. Um, but I do these all the time and I'll sometimes I'll have to prove, basically prove to people like, no, you can fix this audio. Like you can do this. You can't, you know, and if th- that kind of stuff is okay, if you're doing it individually, um, but I yeah, anyway, the the one exception to the rule, if I could say the, the words there it, are audio engineers, you probably need mm. examples of your work. Or if you do sound design, you're going to need examples of your work because they want to see what, like, what, how do you put things together? Like what, what's, you know, like kind of like, what's your personal touch on your right. audio work? So, but, Any, but if anything you're doing, that has like your personal style, I think it would be really good to kind of show like it maybe maybe have an example of but but again it doesn't necessarily need to be an audio file it could just be like a link or i i've seen a lot of people do kind of a little compilation like a youtube video that's just like a bunch of different like, or link in one trees. video yeah something link like that just make it really make popular. it make it quick make it simple uh and just kind of make it clear what you offer and think of who you are offering it to and you're you're going to be fine. That's an important thing that you just said. Make it simple. You want to make it as easy and simple as possible for the potential client to access and look at your work or hear it. Um, that's really important. I would say if you're going to do a we'll website see. today, like you just need to get something out there. I would say do three things. Say who you are and what your experience slash education is. If you don't have that much, maybe don't focus on that part. Thing two, show what you've done already or like what you've, what you've worked on in the past or, or a- anything, anything that you can pr- do to prove like these are some of my current clients or something. If you don't have any, fi- work on a couple friends podcasts for a, an episode or two and get something on there. Third thing, how to contact you. Email address. Yeah, that's the most important. How and to contact y- you. Yeah. But those, if you have those three things, that is like 99% of the way there and you can stylize it however you want. You can make it look all nice and snazzy, but doing those three things is like, do that today. So speaking of websites, how do uh, people follow you or if they want to contact you, Cody, how do they do that? Uh, Yeah. You can go to my (laughs) website, codycrab.com. Everything's there. Uh, If you want to try out Descript, which you should, because it's the best, uh, go to descript.cc. That's my personal link. So that'd help me out if you want to create an account through that. Um, and then Johnny, what is yours? <laughs> uh, if you want to check out my website, it's floristpodcastproductions.com or should I say www. HTTP colon slash HTTP S. Oh, forgot the S. Yeah. Don't forget the S. I paid for the security. Um, and then if you want to email us, if you have questions, comments, 
topics you want us to cover in the future, anything like that, please shoot us an email at podcastsurvival at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, and also be like, not Quinn, and uh, leave us a review on oh, whatever yeah. listening we will re- We will read them. We're going to read all yeah. of them, unless they get really out of hand. That's how thirsty we are. <laughs> for your we, reviews we're giving your you content pay us back it's yeah. free <laughs> but yeah thanks for listening we appreciate your uh, your time and your ears we'll be back in two weeks the new episode 